Romans 8, 31 through 39, Paul writes to the church in Rome, What then shall we say to these things if God is for us, who can be against us? He who, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously, graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, uh, who is to condemn. Christ Jesus is the one who died, more than that who was raised, who is at the right hand of the Father, who is indeed interceding for us who shall separate us then from the love of Christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written for your sake we are being killed all day long we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered no in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen, when I read that passage of scripture, the letter that Paul has written, I can see Paul. Now, I know he wasn't standing in front of them, but if he was, I mean, he is an SEC football coach at that moment. He's like, guys, let me get you fired up. Listen, reading through that in Romans 8, 31 through 39, I want to run through a wall for Jesus Christ. Right? I want to do everything he says I can do up to and including I want to give my life for the glory of God. Paul, again, was, was encouraging his, the church. It's not going to be easy. Things aren't going to always uh, go great. I love what, what Addie wrote and, and, uh, and, and shared with you guys earlier. Just because life gets hard does not mean that God is still, that God is not God. Listen, we're wearing these shirts and the whole theme of our summer has been we don't stop. Because as you know, we showed clips and videos of, of our students, 40-something uh, students that went to Forward in Atlanta, this incredible uh, convention, and, and it was kind of a refueling. You know, if you've ever been to a camp or a convention and you just get filled with the, 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 the love of Jesus, you get filled with the power of Jesus. And when we got back the very first Wednesday, I was like, okay, guys, it's not over. It's only just beginning, right? We are not going to stop and that's literally what Paul is saying to the church he's saying guys listen all of these things you know you could be killed you could be persecuted you could you could go through all these things you but but God is still God and his love for you is still strong and his call for you is still uh, true and and, and so and, and if anybody had the 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 uh, ability and the right to say those things, it was Paul, right? I mean, Paul is firing them up. Paul, Coach Paul, has got his whistle on and, you know, let me tell you what to do, guys. But Paul had the right to do that because we see in his letter to the, uh, to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians eleven twenty four through 28, here's Paul's resume when it comes to not stopping, okay? Paul said, 
five times I have received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned with rocks. He was stoned with rocks. That's what we tell the students, right? They're like, Paul got stoned three times, dude. They didn't even know what stoned meant, right? They call it something else now. Anyway, (laughs) three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked at night and day. I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, in danger from robbers, in dangers from my own people, in danger from Gentiles, in dangers in the city, in dangers in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst. uh, I was often without food, in cold and exposure, and apart from other things, there is a daily pressure on me and my anxiety for all of the churches. So Paul made this incredibly long list. And it looks like maybe a list that some of your teenagers might might make so they can get out of cutting the grass, cleaning the room, doing the dishes. It's like, but this happened and that happened and this happened. I blew up five, five lawnmowers as I would cut my dad's grass. I hated cutting grass. I learned how to break things, not even on purpose, but they would seemingly break. Listen, Paul had this big, long list of reasons why he could have stopped and maybe should have stopped. I mean, I guarantee you there were people in Paul's life saying, look, don't go back out on the ship, right? You've been shipwrecked over and over and over. Listen, when you're in prison, Quit worshiping Jesus, right? When you're in prison, quit writing to the churches. Paul made this elaborate list of all the things that went wrong, and yet he, he said, you know what? I am persuaded that he is able to keep me. And I, listen, I want to tell you, these students, I want you to know that this is not a Sunday morning act. I want you to know someone came up to me at at the break and they said, so this is every Wednesday. I said, yes, sir. Because, see, our students have caught a hold of the vision, and it's more than just the ones you see on the stage. It's the ones that that are in the, the, the youth congregation as well. They have caught a hold of the vision that if God be for me, who can be against me? They've caught on to the vision, though people say, oh, don't get emotional. Why? Why can I get emotional when I think about what Jesus has done for me? I'm going to, I told him right before we, we, we started the service, listen, I want you to worship like you were standing before the throne today. And I'm going to tell you up in heaven, or at least when I get there, it's a pretty emotional place. When I look into the eyes of my creator and my savior and my master and my Lord, I think I'm going to get, get emotional. I might dance even more up there than I do down here. And so these students have caught vision and in large part and in great part it's because of you, their church family, and you, their parents that are helping to make a way for them to get to events and come to Wednesday night service and, and uh, uh, come to ser- uh, when they served at Clemson, when they serve in other ministry opportunities over in children's ministry. It's because of you. 
So one, I want you to know, as, as Paul is writing, and he's saying, listen, guys, we're not going to stop even if I have to give my life. And we know that Paul did, and we know that the, the apostles did, the disciples did. They gave their life for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because even when it's tough, they said, we're not going to stop. John chapter 16, verse 8 says, And when he comes, the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. You see, one of the main functions of the Holy Spirit is to convict us. He lovingly brings us to a place of repentance. He lovingly corrects us and guides us and, and, and he convicts us. But another uh, 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 function of the Holy Spirit is to keep convincing us. Keep convincing us and that was that's what Paul was writing the letter to the Romans for he was saying listen listen let me just keep convincing you about what Jesus has done will do and will continue to do in your life and through your life see Paul was going through all of the things all of his his big list that if he really wanted to it was his big list of reasons why I quit Jesus, this has been awesome. It was great when you knocked me off of my donkey, blinded me, and healed me. Awesome. But I'm tired of being shipwrecked, beaten, and stoned, and, and left for dead. I'm tired of it, Lord. I'm tired of it because if you can't protect me, then maybe you're not who you claim to be. But that's not who Paul was. Paul said, listen, even through all these things, what can separate me from the love of God. He said, I want to keep convincing you. And I want you to know when you watch these students worship the Lord, when you hear the word preached, when, when you hear them give a challenge, I, I, I just want you to know that, that, that it's just a, a, a way to keep convincing you. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. Because you can sit back and you can relax and you can look and say, well, it's easy for a teenager. I remember when I was a teenager and things were really cool and awesome and great. And it was really easy to live for the Lord. But I, 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 but I want you to know, I, it's not easy to live for Jesus in high school or junior high. When they're bombarded each and every day with things that we never even dreamed about when we were their age. We might have dreamed about them. But it was like uh, no access, right? They are bombarded with things that, 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 that could cause them to fall, could cause them to turn their back. You know, social media, they flip on their, their channel or their page or whatever you call it. And, and they look and, and people are degrading them and, 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 and calling them names. And, and, you know, and, 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 you know, it's more than just, you know, when I was growing up, you called me a name, I punched you in the face, we shook hands, right? Or vice versa. Now it's every single day, they're being bombarded by, uh, you know, I don't want to use the, 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 the cliche term of bullying because it's much more than just being bullied. It's uh, being ridiculed. It's being uh, put aside. It's being thrown away. And I want you to know these students are saying, no matter what, I'm not stopping. I'm clinging to the hand of the Lord. And so what is the Holy Spirit's job to keep convincing us, first of all, that God is who he says that he is? 
That's the Holy Spirit's job in my life. The, 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 the scripture says that, that Jesus right now is at the right hand of, of the Father and he's always praying for me. He's always praying on my behalf. Gus, he's always praying for you. That's Jesus' only job right now. He's like, bless Gus. Lord, encourage him, God. Lift him up. Let him be the greatest football player that we've ever seen. Listen, that's, that's Jesus' job and the Holy Spirit is to continue to convince us that one, God is who he says that he is. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19 and 20, it says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will not do it? Or has he spoken and not fulfilled it? Listen, there are moments in our lives where we have doubts, right? I mean, if we're honest, there's moments we get a bad report from the doctor. There's moments when the, uh, the economy fails and our finances aren't, aren't the way we want them to be. There's moments when you, you're, you're estranged from friends and family and loved ones, fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, and we have to say, Lord, why? Lord, what's going on? There's times that we doubt, but I want you to know that the Lord is always working for you on your behalf. He's praying for you in those moments and we come to a service like this and we see students lifting their hands and praising the Lord. Sometimes we don't feel it and it ain't about, it's not about feeling. That's how I talk on Wednesday. It ain't about feeling. It's not about feeling and it's not just about emotion but it's about Lord, I will praise you at all times. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. We, knew, we know some uh, crazy times that David had to endure and yet he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Holy Spirit, keep convincing us. Keep convincing us. The second thing the Holy Spirit convinces us of is our, uh, is he convinces us of our new nature. Number two, of our new nature. And so the first thing is he convinces us that God is who he says that he is. And then the second thing is he convinces us of our new nature. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Listen, there's, 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 there's been students over the last three years that, that have talked to Amanda and I. They've talked to some of our leaders, and, and they've told us what God had begun to do in their life. And yet they find themselves falling and failing, sometimes in the same areas as before. Does that resonate with anyone? In fact, I mean, Paul said, all the things I don't want to do, I keep doing. I'm like, never going to do that again. Oh, I just did it, right? You know, whatever it is, whatever the struggle is, whatever the, the sin is. Listen, our students, they're, they're not unlike you and I. They struggle sometimes. And, and the, the, the biggest thing is that we have to say, listen, keep fighting, keep walking, keep standing. Don't quit. Don't give up. Just because things in your life have not fully changed does not mean that you are not changed. Do you believe that? 
How can I keep remembering that I'm a new creation? Holy Spirit, keep convincing us. Holy Spirit, keep providing in me that ability to know and understand and live out that you've made me new. And the third thing is, he keeps convincing us that his word is true. He keeps convincing us that his word is true. I want you to know even the disciples struggled with that. I mean, oftentimes we look at the disciples and all oh, these holy men, these great guys, that, oh, they were just the followers of Jesus and the, the fathers of the church. And, and listen, they were ordinary men that when Jesus would say things, they would say stuff like, what do you mean? How's that going to work? That's not the way I would have done it, right? I mean, they were expecting Jesus to, to come and, and riding in on a white horse, right, and overthrowing Rome. And, and Jesus said, I came for this reason and this reason and this reason. And they, they didn't understand. John chapter 16, verse 12 says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Jesus is talking to his disciples. I got a lot of stuff to share with you, but you're not going to understand it. I want to challenge you today, don't run from God's word. Don't run from the truth. It's full of life. It's full of, of what is going to cause us to overcome. You see, the world says that seeing is believing, but God says believing is seeing. So myself, my wife, all of our adult youth leaders and our students implore you today no matter what life looks like right now don't stop don't stop don't stop trusting you're like well I've been trusting for a long time I haven't seen any change keep holding on keep fighting keep struggling if you have to keep praying keep worshiping Father, we thank you that we know today that your word is true. We know today that in John eleven forty, Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? You see, faith precedes understanding. Understanding comes when we are convinced that there is no other truth. God, we are convinced today in this church service where your presence is so evident. But Lord, we pray that when we walk out the door that you will keep convincing us. Keep convincing us that we have a hope and a future. Keep convincing us, oh God. Lord, we worship you. We thank you. I'm thankful, Lord, that Romans 4, 20 and 21 says, no unbelief made uh, him waver. Speaking of Abraham, he said, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith and he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he promised. Keep convincing us. Just before we enter a time of closing of, and, and worship and, a, and maybe even an altar time this morning, 
I want you to know why you can be convinced. Going all the way back to Psalm 23, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Lord, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Here's where I want you to focus. Here's why you do not stop. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, surely goodness and mercy is pursuing you even through the valley of the shadow of death. See, mercy and goodness is chasing you even in the presence of your enemies. You see, mercy and goodness is running after you even when things haven't went right with your job, even when your kids are discouraged and depressed, even when your sons and daughters are far away from the Lord. Goodness and mercy is pursuing them. I will not stop. These students will not stop. We could all make that I quit list, couldn't we? God, sincerely, I'm out. But goodness and mercy will follow you all the days 